does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. Innings for Chicago. Mike Clevenger started, went five and a third, gave up four runs, only struck out one batter, but the bullpen was phenomenal for the White Sox. Three and two-thirds innings. They gave up two hits, one run, and only one walk, and struck out five Pittsburgh Pirates hitters. Andrew McCutcheon with a solid day at the plate, went three for four, and he had a home run, a pair of RBIs, and scored twice. Also going final within the last 15 to 20 minutes, the St. Louis Cardinals. They shut out the Milwaukee Brewers 6 to nothing final score. Jordan Montgomery, the lefty for the Cardinals. The Southpaw went seven innings, did not give up a run, struck out nine and walked two batters and only gave up three hits. Nolan Arenado was the main source of offense. He drove in three, was two for three with a home run. Jordan Walker was also two for three, and he drove in. A pair of runs for the Redbirds, who are now three and five. Milwaukee drops to six and two. Earlier this afternoon, the Cincinnati Reds and the Philadelphia Phillies. It was game two of three from Philadelphia, and the Phillies walk it off in the bottom of the ninth inning by defeating the Reds three to two. The Reds most of the way. Nick Lodolo. Went seven innings of shutout baseball. The Reds scored in the first inning with the Spencer Steer solo home run. I gave Lodolo a little bit of cushion. He went seven innings, struck out 12, walked two, and gave up three hits. And then in the eighth inning, Alexis Diaz enters, strikes out the side, and then the wheels fall off in the ninth inning. Walks one, gives up two hits, and Ian Gabo cannot get out of the jam as the Phillies win on a walk-off single by Bryson Stott. The Reds, after winning the first three games, of the season. They have now dropped four straight. The Chicago Cubs this afternoon picked up a 10-3 win against the Texas Rangers. They improved a 4-3. Patrick Wisdom, solid day at the dish for Chicago. Two for four with a home run. Scored twice. Had one RBI. Ian Happ drove in three runs. Eric Hosmer off the bench drove in a pair as well. Justin Steele went six innings, struck out three and gave up one earned run as the or as the Cubs are now four and three on the season. The Red Sox, they just blitz the Detroit Tigers, who are struggling to start the season. They're now two and six. The Red Sox put up 14 runs. Rafael Devers with a pair of home runs and drove in five for Boston. Rounding things out in MLB, Cleveland Guardians, Seattle Mariners. It's been a good series, but the Mariners pick up the win today. 3-2 to two was the final score. Cal Quantrill, not the best of starts. He went five innings, gave up three runs, but seven hits during those five innings. Jose Ramirez drove in one of the two runs for Cleveland, who is now 5-4. and four. Seattle is 4-5. and five. On the minor league level, South Bend Cubs, they had continue. To win. They're 2-0 to start the year. They pick up a 3-1 win over the Quad Cities River Bandits. Got two runs in the top of the second and then one in the ninth for insurance. They did not give up a hit in eight of the nine innings. The Quad Cities got two in the bottom of the eighth. That helped them get that one run. The minor league level continuing here in Indianapolis with the AAA affiliate of the Pittsburgh Pirates, the Indianapolis Indians. They improved to 4-4 four four after defeating the Louisville Bats, who are now 2-6 by a final score of 5-4. to four. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison. 
Welcome back, everybody. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Indiana Sports Talk, brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Indians, Indianapolis Indians, 5-4 winners over the Louisville River Bats, two in a row right now over the Bats. Hall of Fame voice of the Indianapolis Indians, Howard Kelman joins me. Howard, thank you so much for holding. I apologize for that. Good win, good solid win for the Indians tonight. Oh, absolutely, Bob. And the Indians were trailing one nothing. They got a couple of home runs as Nick Gonzalez ignited a four-run rally and Mark Mathias also homered. Both men homered. And the Indians took the lead early in the game at that stage and never relinquished that lead. Now, it's the same story as we talked about last night. The right, Indians right. played the Indians played errorless ball again today, and they won again today. So the scenario is... The Indians lost their first four games of the season, committing two errors in each of those four games. They now have won four in a row, and they've played errorless ball in all four of those wins. I think the other thing that we sometimes lose sight of is that, yeah, it's it's early on in the season. Everybody understands it. But these games count the same as you do in the last month of the season. So these are important wins. Uh, and obviously the manner in which they're playing is important, as you point out, to be better defensively. But still, winning close games early, that's extremely important for this group. Well, I think you're right, Bob, and especially so when you lose your first four games of the season. Nobody was feeling too good at that point. They got swept at home against Omaha, a series in which Omaha turned over eight double plays and the Indians didn't even turn over one. And so they got swept by Omaha. They lost the first game in Louisville. You know, you're 0-4. You don't want to get buried, but to this club's right, credit, right. they've turned it completely around. And these four straight wins are absolutely terrific. There is so some cause for concern because on two fronts, and I don't have word yet what they are in terms of the specific injuries, but Mike Burroughs, the Indians starting pitcher, left the game left the game in the second inning after throwing a pitch. He, mm-hmm. he just walked off the mound and mm-hmm. the trainer did not do anything other than talk to him, and he just left the game. It could be very serious. We just don't know. And then mm-hmm. in the next inning, Cal Mitchell, on a play at the plate, hurt his hand, and he left the game, and we're not sure. So I'll have word tomorrow on both those mm. men. You're just hoping mm-hmm. neither is is very serious, but there's a possibility they could be. So who's the star of the game tonight? I would say Nick Gonzalez igniting that rally with a home run to tie the game, and then the Indians went on. He's done a good job. He's a good young prospect, and the Indians are loaded with prospects. The Indians will be back home Tuesday at Victory Field, 6.05 start against St. Paul. And I would say come out and watch all these young prospects, and not only that, the dollar menu in effect every Tuesday at Victory Field. Best deal in town. Best deal anywhere quite frankly. Great baseball team, dollar menu. Take your, uh, when you and I were kids, they would have taken their transistor radios, Howard, but uh-huh. now we know you don't have to. But uh, catch Howard uh, on the play-by-play while you're at the ball yard. You talk about a special treat. That'd be great. And swing by the gift store and buy his book, 61 Humorous and Inspiring Lessons I Learned from Baseball. I highly recommend it. Howard, you make my weekend. I always uh, love talking to you. Indians win 
5-4 over the Louisville River Bats. Howard, have a great weekend. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you next week. Bob, as always, thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks for calling. All right, Eddie Garrison, dollar menu out the ball yard. How much better can it get? I love dollar menu night. It's one of my favorite nights. Yeah, so you're out there. You got your blanket, and you're sitting in the grass in the outfield, right? Um, I I occasionally sit in the outfield grass. I've discovered I really like the view behind home plate still. Um, oh, okay. So no, gonna, no, hey, it's hard to argue. Yeah, as someone who spent a lot of time behind home plate uh, watching and catching the game as a catcher, I tend to find myself in those seats, but I'm still double fisting with the hot dogs and the soda and the chips and all that. <laughs> Uh, you have to if you're at the ball yard. You got to have and you gotta have a soda a and you got to have a hot dog. Yeah, dollar menu, absolutely. All right, when's your team start? Uh, whenever we f- finish up uh, the school ball season, can't start uh, our summer or travel team right. cannot start until uh, the IHSA season is completely in the books, which they just started two weeks ago. Yeah, so you know what, fans? Seriously, get out. It's when the weather's great, it can't be any better to go watch your local high school softball, baseball, track and field teams. Watch them play, have some fun, buy a ticket, support what they're doing. This makes it's a, it's an incredibly special thing for you to do. Eddie, thanks so much. We'll come back talk about IU football and basketball with Jack Ankeny from Sports Illustrated Indiana when we come back after Eddie Garrison's Scoreboard update on Indiana Sports Talk. We're just inside three weeks until the 2023 NFL Draft. Indianapolis Colts possess the fourth overall pick for right now, possibly. There's speculation they could move up one slot to Arizona. The owner of the Indianapolis Colts and Jim Ursay understands how important of a draft this one is. It's so important because this draft um, is one where you want someone with an expertise of offense and, and, and quarterback coaching to really be looking at it because you're, you're talking about several players, multiple players, maybe five, whatever the number is, at least in this draft that have the the capability of being your guy and, and and being your leader for many years to come and being that franchise quarterback. And so I think it's so important because just coming out of Philadelphia and what he built there and the success he had there with the young quarterback. That quarterback that he worked with out in Philadelphia was Jalen Hurts and Shane Steichen explains if being a quarterback is a mobile a factor at all when it comes to draft night? Not necessarily. I mean, again, quarterbacks come in all shapes and sizes and have different athletic abilities, whether it's running or throwing. You know, uh, does it add to it? Yeah, when you can run, yeah. But there's also guys that are pure drop back, you know, pocket passers that are, you know, some of the best to ever do it with Peyton and Tom Brady. And so um, isn't an added bonus when they can run? Yeah, but it's not the end-all be-all to where it's like, oh, I need a guy that can run. The NFL draft is on April 27th. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison. Welcome back, everybody. This is Indiana Sports Talk, brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Let's talk some spring football. 
Always want to know what's happening down in Bloomington. Hoosiers in the middle of spring football after a very successful basketball season on both sides, men and women. From Sports Illustrated Indiana, Jack Ankeny joins me, one of the bright sports writers out there, everybody. Jack, thanks for taking time on a busy Saturday night to be with me. Hey, Bob. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You're welcome. See, I have you on because I wish I had your future. Right. I mean, I'm 72, uh, so my future is somewhat limited. But as a former uh, English major, English teacher, that kind of stuff, I love reading your stuff. I think you guys, I think your site's fantastic. What's the shortcut? I I can't remember the shortcut on your site. Yeah, it's it's HoosiersNow.com. There you go. Um, We're on Twitter and Facebook, too. You can find us there, but. Um, yeah, HoosiersNow.com is, is our uh, Sports Illustrated Indiana uh, branch. All right, tell me, I love Tom Allen. I've known him for a long time. He used to call my show back when we first got started, and he was coaching at Ben Davis. We go back that far. Tell me why I should be excited about Tom's team this year. Yeah, well, I think we saw how electric a guy like Jalen Lucas could be last year. Mainly we saw that in the kicking game, and I think mm-hmm. – just what we've seen um, in spring practice, I think they're going to try try to build and 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 build the offense around him as much as possible. You know, we've seen him take handoffs in the backfield as a true running back. We've seen this spring do some option looks. He lines up in the slot at receiver. You know, last year he was a, a AP All American kicker turner. He's also going to return punts this year, um, and he's he's you know incredibly quick, incredibly fast, and I think Indiana's going to do the best the best they can to get him the ball as much as possible because he's a true uh, game-breaking talent and, uh, you know, I, clearly one of the more electric players they've had in, in recent years. Yeah, it makes sense. Put the ball in the hands of your best players in, in open space as much as you can. Right. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a team that's been victimized with injuries. Uh, their quarterback position has been unsettled, uh, you know, those kinds of things. And in this day and age, none of that's good, quite frankly, irrespective of what level you're playing. What's this, What's the quarterback situation right now? Yeah, as, as things stand right now, um, Taven Jackson, obviously the younger brother of Trey right? Davis, um, who transferred in from Tennessee this offseason, him and Brendan Sorsby are, gonna, are, are battling kind of for the starting job right now. They're both redshirt freshmen. They have four games of college football experience combined, um, which is a right. little bit scary, I think, for Tom Allen and for Indiana this year, just that lack of experience. Um, but both players, you know, I, I think neither of them are, are true runners, but we've seen in spring that they're both pretty mobile and they can they can move well around the pocket, kind of create some plays with their feet. Um, that's where Indiana is at quarterback right now. I think they're going to give both of those guys a chance to win the job. Um, now, whether or not, you know, I, I, I've heard some people think maybe when the transfer portal opens again um, after spring practice in a week or two, you know, maybe they try to add a veteran just in case. Um, I, I think that's possible, um, depending if they're not super confident with Jackson or Soresby. But um, that's mm-hmm. kind of where we stand right now. We talked to Tom Allen on, on Tuesday, and, and he said that he would he expects that, a, you know, a decision on between those two guys wouldn't be possibly made until the fall just because of their right, experience. Right. Need time to learn the playbook with Walt Bell and everything like that. So that's kind of uh, where things stand right now in terms of quarterback. How 
do you keep up with the transfer portal and what you do? How, how are you able to do that? It's crazy. Um, I mean, yeah, there's um, – it seems like, especially now with basketball, the last couple uh, weeks, there's, there's news every right. day. Right, right. Um, and I'm sure the coaches feel even, obviously, uh, just more overwhelmed by everything. But, yeah, Indiana football, is a, 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 they were one of the most heavily – um, active teams in the transfer portal this offseason, especially on the defensive side. Um, they added a, a fair amount. Andre Carter's kind of a guy that's flashed at, at defensive end. He's a Western Michigan transfer um, that I think, you know, he has five years of college football experience. I think he's going to uh, contribute a lot for Indiana. But, yeah, it's, it's been crazy um, and, and definitely hard to keep up with. Uh, kind of adds another – uh, you know, crucial factor in terms of not even just high school recruiting, but, you know, recruiting guys who are looking for new colleges. So it's definitely been a crazy aspect of this offseason. Yeah. The crazy, the crazy thing to me is you, you go through spring football and, and you, you know, you're there and you're, you're doing what you do and you're prepared and you're in the weight room in the winter and all those kinds of things. And then if things don't go necessarily the way you want them to in, in spring football, there's the portal that you can get into and you can get kids uh, out of the portal to try to fill a need that was exposed during spring football. That's how the system is nowadays. Right. And I think I think there's positives and negatives to it. And in in one sense, I know Tom Allen like last year talked a lot about how, you know, he's not just recruiting high school guys; he's recruiting his own team a second time to say, "Hey, stay with me," and um, you know, right. keep doing this thing. But it, uh, uh, so that's a negative in that way for a, a team like Indiana. But it's also positive, I think, in the respect where you can add guys who can come in and make immediate transfers. Whereas in past years, you're just trying to develop the high school guys you've recruited um, who might turn out eventually um, to be the, the player you want, but it, it might come with, you know, more time. So I, I think there are some, some positives with it from Indiana's perspective to be able to bring in immediate impact guys. Um, but I think it has also hurt them in the sense of losing a guy, obviously like Desan McCullough, who as a freshman was one of Indiana's best defensive players. He's moved on to Oklahoma. Um, so it, it definitely hurts him in certain mm -hmm. respects. But um, I think there's a couple uh, impact guys like EJ Williams is a receiver from Clemson who transferred in um, and has been getting a lot of reps in spring camp at receiver opposite of uh, Donovan McCulley. Um, and then Cam Camper was another guy they brought in last year. He's still working back from that ACL injury, but he should be good to go for uh, for week one. So, yeah, it's added a whole new wrinkle um, to college football and, and basketball uh, for sure. All right, so it's a good segue into basketball. Uh, yeah. Basketball season, well chronicled, what's happened. Uh, also well documented that uh, they have needs – um, they have roster issues in terms of numbers and numbers yeah. of experienced players. And so the, the, this will be a brand new, literally a brand new roster when they open up. Yeah. Um, you know, I think we're still waiting to hear on Xavier Johnson with his uh, medical waiver, if he can come back for another year. Um, I would think it's pretty likely that that happens just because they made the decision, but it's obviously still a question, but He's really the only guy, and, and I guess Trey Galloway too, 
that are coming back that you would feel, you know, have the experience in Big Ten basketball. Um, you know, Malik Renew, another one. Right. But yeah, they're going to have to do some serious work in the transfer portal, and they've they've already added the kid Peyton Sparks from Ball State, um, who's you know six nine interior presence. Um, doesn't you know do it a, a ton outside, but he's an efficient s- scorer down low. So I think you'll see Indiana. They've they've gone kind of hard at uh, at trying to get some front court players because obviously you have to somehow replace Trace Jackson Davis and, and Race Thompson and even guys like Jordan Geronimo and Logan Duncan who were kind of your depth pieces. But, yeah, they had the guy Kalel Ware from Oregon on campus on Thursday, um, which I think would be a great start, or, or I guess great second step in addition to Sparks to kind of solidify that front court. Um, I know there's a handful of, of guards or wings, you could say, um, more at the mid-major level that they've gone after. Um, Ledlam from Harvard, Dalton Connect, uh, really, I, he's one of the better players I feel like I've seen just from watching, uh, you know, some highlight videos. He's from Northern Colorado, really strong three-point shooter. Nick Timberlake, another one from Towson, who I know they've reached out to. But right. it'll be curious to see if they try to get another guard, too, because obviously losing Dylan Hutchifino, Big Ten freshman of the year, um, we got a lot, lot to do in the portal. Jack Anthony from Sports Illustrated Indiana, GoIndiana.com. Jack, thanks so much. Have a great weekend. Awesome. Thanks, Bob. With this Network Indiana Sports Talk scoreboard update, I'm Eddie Garrison. A Masters today, very shortened. Gone through maybe seven holes due to rain. Brooks Kepka still at the top of the leaderboard. So tomorrow they'll finish out round three. Circle back around and do four and figure out who will put on the green jacket. Hopefully tomorrow afternoon. Here's how the leaderboard looks right now. Brooks Kepka, 13 under par, four shot lead over John Rahm. Sam Bennett, what has been a terrific story at the Masters. He's an amateur, and he's sitting third at six under par. He's currently a college student at Texas A&M. Patrick Cantley is tied for fourth with Matt Fitzpatrick, Victor Hovland, and Colin Morikawa. Then you look at, there's about a grouping of five players that are all tied at four under par. And then Scotty Scheffler, who won the Masters last year, he is sitting tied for 14th at three under par then we'll resume that tomorrow you can obviously catch a little bit of the final round on cbs the rest can be also streamed on espn plus some news and something to highlight here in minor league baseball double a affiliate for the cincinnati reds the chattanooga lookouts they defeat the rocket city trash pandas seven to five without a hit and the seventh inning was a doubleheader. And in minor league baseball, you only play seven. They had seven walks, three players hit by a pitch, and you mix in a wild pitch, you get seven runs, all with two outs. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison. Mark, Lynn, you're the best. I appreciate it very much. Have a great weekend. Happy Easter, Bob. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Indiana Sports Talk. It's brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. 
Spring football, the annual rite of spring, Masters golf, spring football, racing, spring sports in the IHSA. It's that time of year, and who better to talk about spring football than the man himself, Irish Illustrated's Dr. Lynn Clark, talking about Notre Dame. Lynn, thanks for the call, and uh, we're into it. We are picking up the pace in spring football up at Notre Dame. I'll be Irish halfway through spring ball. It will culminate on Saturday, August 22nd in the annual blue gold game. We did have a chance to see a full scrimmage last Saturday, and it was kind of inconclusive. You might say the defense had the advantage, but you know that's going to change, especially with new quarterback Mm -hmm. transferred Sam Hartman. But this past week, we had a chance to talk to the safeties in addition to the running backs. And the one observation I can tell you is that in the offseason – Strength coach Matt Ballas has really worked with these players to lose body fat and to gain Mm -hmm. muscle. We talked with Audric Estime, who last year rushed for over 900 yards and 11 touchdowns. He has transformed his body. He has an infectious personality, but he is a beast and... It's going to be a much different look on the field next year. And uh, you might say the same thing with Avon's Blake Fisher, who was a big guy last year. He yeah, lost a yeah, lot, yeah. lot of that, but he's gained it in muscle. And so I think a real strength is going to be that offensive line led by Joe Alden, Blake Fisher. It's going to be a veteran group of upperclassmen that's going to protect the graduate transfer, Sam Hartman. And, The Irish are very deep, but, Bob, they're still coming back from some injuries, and that's a concern right Mm -hmm. now. But talking to the players, there's optimism. The coach are optimistic that they're going to be 100% by the time they kick it off in Dublin in August against Navy. You know, one of the bright spots about last year was the uh, the running game and how they dominated people on the ground. And, and you're talking about a transformation body-wise and, and without losing that dominance, if you will. And I know they have to be excited about their ability with a brand-new quarterback to maybe take some of the pressure off of him with this punishing ground game. Well, last year they had that one-two punch with Audric Estime and Logan Diggs. Logan, is he stayed out of practice the past couple of practices, uh, overcoming an injury. But they've got a stable of four deep. Chris Tyree has moved over to work with the wide receivers. But Jadarian Price, a very prized recruit who sat out last year with an Achilles injury, he is looking to come back. And then you have Jabron Payne, the, the sophomore out of Cincinnati, who is becoming more powerful and explosive. And so you mentioned that. You know, how do you bail out a quarterback? You've got a good run game and right now they've got a stable of four thoroughbreds in that backfield as you mentioned though it starts up front we all know we understand that and uh they're optimistic uh, and, and rightfully so that this offensive unit uh will be once again uh, well positioned because of what they do up front but i think a key is uh they're going into the second season same playbook uh, but you've got some new faces as far as the coaches you've got mm-hmm. Derek Parker who has taken over as the offensive coordinator Gino Galuli is the quarterback's coach but I think what really makes this team interesting is that you bring in a first perspective and you're getting to that the, the growth curve once again not at the maturation level but down to that growth area and it, it's kind of invigorated the upperclassmen saying hey we can learn a lot from these new coaches but we're still going by the same old playbook because we've got that continuity of coaches that have just come in 
and taking a new position. But now you bring in uh, Gino Galuli, the quarterback's coach, and Joe Rudolph, the offensive line coach, you know, veteran coaches. But I think that that freshness has got a lot to do with the enthusiasm in this fall, I should say, this spring practice right now. It's a great point because when you have coaching turnover, what you worry about is um, continuity, obviously. And uh, as you point out, you have guys who are in different spots, but the basics, the playbook, as you call it, the philosophy, the approach is the same, which I think is a big deal. That is key, and that leads to that culture that Notre Dame has always talked about that was established under Brian Kelly. And you really didn't lose a lot when Kelly left because Marcus Freeman was on that staff. Marcus Freeman has brought in coaches that he has had a rapport with, and I think that has really added to it. And you being a coach, Bob, you know, it comes down to communication. The coaches are communicating. The players pick up on that. They're on the same page, the same frequency. And that's going to pay dividends going forward. Right now, the big thing, as it is every year, you just need to stay healthy. And that's going to be the thing right now, getting these players to come back from injuries, back to 100%, but also to be very healthy starting off that season. What's happening on the defensive side of the ball with with this group? What are our expectations over there? Well, they're very deep at linebacker, of course, with Jack Kaiser coming back at Rover and J.D. Bertrand, Merrick Lee, and then you've got a a veteran safety group, D.J. Brown, back for his sixth year, and then you've got the graduate transfer, Thomas Harper, from Oklahoma State. So really the big question is that front line of the defensive line. They lost Isaiah Foskey, the Adamiola brothers. And But they've, they've got some good players coming back, uh, crosses coming back. But I think a key player is going to have to be Riley Mills. He's, he had some playing time last year, but somebody's going to have to step up. Now, in the scrimmage that we saw, they looked pretty good. But as you said, continuity, can they sustain that? But right now, if you have to take a look at Achilles' heel of the Fighting Irish right now, I think it's that defensive line. They're just trying to find the right pieces to put it together for August. All right, you mentioned it, Dublin. How many teams open up in Dublin, Ireland, outside, obviously, of the United States? We understand uh, the reasons and everything, but I know you are beyond fired up for this opener, are you not? Oh, I'm very excited. The The guide that I worked on is actually uh, coming out on Monday. So we'll make sure we get the link on that. But, you know, Dublin has really become uh, a hub of college football. Uh, the Irish are mad about football. They were introduced to the NFL back in the, in the mid-1980s. And then in 1996, Notre Dame went over there for the first time to play Navy at Croke Park, their national stadium, and then returned in 2012 at Aviva Stadium. But COVID shut it out in 2020. But over the past couple of years, Georgia Tech, Northwestern, uh, Navy, Florida State is going over next year to place uh, Mm -hmm. Georgia Mm -hmm. Tech. So it is becoming a destination really to start a college football season. It also is a very key element, especially with recruiting and having a student athlete have a chance to get that global perspective. So you're giving uh, the visitors, you're creating a visitor's guide for this whole trip, are you not? How's that experience been? 
Well, we just put it to bed the other day. It's going to be debuted on Monday. It's 104 pages long, and it was really a labor of love, and I had a great time uh, being in Dublin putting it together. And so it will be a, a guide that people can have on their phone to a little bit more about the culture, to immerse themselves, but also at the same time find the best places to uh, grab something to eat, to have something sweet mm-hmm. uh, for dessert, and, and to have a cultural experience. And uh, the other big thing is that we've also I've uh, scheduled a whiskey tasting uh, sponsored by Jameson at one of our local pubs. <laughs> right. And so we're right. really going to get immersed in the Irish culture. So it has right. a mighty crack, as they say. <laughs> it's a thankless job, but thank goodness we have someone like you doing it for us. Dr. Lynn Clark. Lynn, you're the best. I appreciate it very much. Have a great weekend. Happy Easter, Bob. Thanks a lot, Lynn. Lynn Clark from uh, Irish Illustrated. Uh, talking about Notre Dame. We're going to have football. Football is going to be here before we know it. Uh, really, really coming up soon. <laughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Excuse me. Now you know why I missed last Friday and Saturday because of that very issue right there. I apologize for that. Um, working at home, there's no cough button, which hurts me. Uh, but still... Uh, looking ahead, uh, to, we're going to continue to talk football. Matt Taylor, the voice of the Indianapolis Colts, will join us, and we'll talk about the upcoming draft, which can't get here fast enough. We're also going to continue to uh, talk some baseball. Brendan King will join us later and talk about the South Bend Cubs. Scoreboard update coming up with Eddie Garrison. We're going to work on this cough. This is Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. With this Indiana Sports Talk scoreboard update, I'm Eddie Garrison. Major League Baseball scores going on right now. The L.A. Dodgers and the Arizona Diamondbacks. That game has a combined total of 19. The Arizona Diamondbacks lead the L.A. Dodgers 12-7, to and that game is in the bottom of the eighth inning. And with the win here, the Diamondbacks will match the Dodgers with the same record through nine games at five and four. Washington Nationals, they are currently up on the Colorado Rockies seven to four. They picked up a win last week, and now they have won consecutively against Colorado, assuming they're able to hold on to the seven four lead. That's in the bottom of the ninth inning. And the other game going on right now out in California, the Angels and the Blue Jays. This game's only in the top of the sixth. Both teams have seven hits, 12 runs combined between the two, and the Angels are up 7-5 to five, courtesy of Mike Trout, who belted a absolute moonshot of a three-run home run in the bottom of the fifth inning, measured approximately, according to StatCast, at 427 feet. Earlier today, St. Louis Cardinals picked up a 6-0 win over the Milwaukee Brewers. They're now 3-5, are the Redbirds. Chicago White Sox picked up a big win over the Pittsburgh Pirates, 11-5. The Reds fall on a walk-off to Bryson Stott and the Philadelphia Phillies, 3-2. The Cubs bludgeon the Texas Rangers, 10-3. And the Red Sox onslaught the Tigers, 14-5. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Eddie Garrison joining us. 
on uh, scoreboard updates. Bludgeoned. I, I got it. Uh, that, that's that's not a good term. That's never a good term, especially when you're talking about sports. I know. Uh, unless you're, of course, of the team that picked up the win and you're doing the bludgeoning. Right. In this right, case, if right. you're a Cubs fan, you are. They won 10-3 to today. All right. So later on tonight, uh, Brendan King's going to join us, talk about the South Bend Cubs. Pacers play today. Did they play New York and wrap up the season, or is that tomorrow? No. Uh, they play New York tomorrow. That is a 1 o'clock tip, and okay. the coverage uh, will start at 1230 on the Pacers radio network. Outstanding. So many of these same stations around the state bringing you that. It's hard to believe that the season is over. I mean, it, it's just it, like everything else. It has gone so, so fast. And um, we talked to Jeremiah Johnson last night. Everybody, rightfully so, is excited about this Pacer group. Totally agree with you, Coach. And the reason why you may not hear my voice so much during this time of the year as well, because I'm producing those Indiana Pacer games. And I can attest uh, to what J.J. was saying last night about the season going by so fast and the future so bright when you look at it in the grand scheme of things. They started the season one and four. You kind of expected them to be a slow starting team or have a down year, but then they turn it around and they get above right. 500. Uh, then Tyrese Halliburton goes down against the New York Knicks uh, mm-hmm. when they were four games above 500. And that's kind of when the wheels fell off and Pacer fans kind of realized maybe we should not uh, compete or try to push for the playoffs and that we're still a piece or two away. So the last, I don't know, week and a half or so, two weeks maybe, that uh, Rick Carlisle, the coaching staff, the front office, they've kind of embraced right. the youth movement, letting those younger guys develop. And I hope to see that pay off next year uh, for the Blue and Gold. I think you're right. All right, Eddie Garrison every 15 minutes. Eddie, when? how much longer do we have to wait for the NFL draft? When does this thing happen? It is in 19 days. April 27th is oh, when the first night goodness. starts. Yep. Matt Taylor is going to be with us uh, later on in the next hour, actually, talking about the Colts. And um, uh, it, it's that most uh, often asked question, what are they going to do? Um, I'm not sure they, they understand. I'm sure they have mapped out every conceivable scenario. If, um, if, if you know, the people ahead of them pick so-and-so, that's understandable. Everybody, everybody kind of follows that game plan, but you just uh, – it can't get here soon enough, for heaven's sakes. Yeah, no kidding. It feels like we've been talking about the NFL draft and what the yeah. Colts will do forever. And I would hate to be that person or those people that have to sit there and just, you know, put every reasonable scenario that could possibly happen um, mm-hmm. come draft night or prior to that, because we still don't know what's going on with Arizona with that third pick. And you have to map out and trying to guess what uh, the Carolina Panthers do at one, then you have to figure out what the Houston Texans are going to do at two, and then you got to right. figure out third, and then yourself, you got to figure things out. It's like, okay, if this player is here, do we take that player? Are we right. for sure going quarterback here? Um, if we have an option between two guys, which guy are we going with? Uh, do we trade back if both those guys are available? So right. there's just so much to uh, think about if you're that person or those people that have to come up with these scenarios and present them to Chris Ballard. Be like, hey, this is what we have as possible scenarios. What do you think? And then just kind of go from there. I think who benefits greatly from this are uh, daily sports talk shows. I mean, it's, it's like a gold mine. Seriously, if you're doing a daily sports talk show anywhere in the country, 
you're obsessed with the NFL draft, and it and it provides you so many topics to talk about. I mean, it's like you can just wake up every morning and you know flip the switch and say, "We're talking about the draft. Tell me what you think." That's right. simple. That'd be that, there. It, it, not it didn't take a genius to figure that out. Yeah, and thank like, goodness I don't I don't really spend a great amount of time doing it on this show. Thank goodness. <laughs> right. And like when you think about it, I mean, there's so many different storylines to watch. You have the quarterbacks, right. you've got Jalen Carter's situation. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a very fun and very interesting time of year. All right, Eddie Garrison coming up soon for another scoreboard update on Indiana Sports Talk. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. It's brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Their website driven, the number two, savelives.org. Sign up today. Help lives in the future. Anyone can sign up. No age limits, no health restrictions to sign up to be an organ donor. Every 10 minutes, someone is added to the donor transplant waiting list. There are more than 1,000 Hoosiers waiting for a life-saving organ transplant. By signing up to be an organ and tissue donor, you can help save eight lives and heal 75 others. Again, their website driven, the number two, savelives.org. We're so glad that they are with us. Coming up on the big show, uh, we've got a lot going on now. We've we still got uh, basketball, excuse me, football to talk about uh, coming up this hour and in this half hour and in the next half hour. Uh, always want to remind you to make sure you join us. Uh, make sure you join us. Uh, every weekend. Matt Taylor's going to join us coming up in the next half hour. Um, He'll be with us to talk about the upcoming draft. We've talked about it, obviously, a little bit in the uh, NFL. And um, I know you follow it kind of like I do. Uh, Plenty of scenarios out there. I think um, the foregone conclusion seems to be that they'll take a quarterback. Uh, I think everyone would would be stunned if they didn't. And um, the question then becomes, which one? And so, as we've talked about before, and we'll talk about with Matt coming up, uh, what are the scenarios that make sense? Uh, And you're kind of at the mercy, clearly, of the people in front of you. So, do your homework, have your uh, scenarios lined up, and then when, uh, when the call comes that it's our turn, you make the decision. And so... Uh, draft is uh, obviously important for everyone. I think most specifically for the uh, Colts team, uh, based on the season they had a year ago. In addition to quarterback, clearly there, there are other needs, but I think everybody fully understands that their number one need is at that quarterback position. Not just for this year, but they're looking long term and trying to fill that position on a year-to-year basis um, hasn't necessarily worked out well. And so a pivotal time in the first in the franchise's history and uh, it's a very very important very important draft so we'll talk about that with matt taylor also coming up in the next hour brendan king our man <clears throat> the voice of the south bend cubs will join us uh talk a little baseball he's pretty good at what he does uh, i want everyone obviously have a safe and prosperous easter sunday uh, please be safe out there um, and um, take care. Arrive at uh, your destination safely tomorrow. A lot of people will be traveling, and uh, please, please arrive safely. 
and uh, enjoy the day with your family. So I'm planning on, on doing myself. Top of the hour scoreboard update again with the man himself, Eddie Garrison. Then we'll come back and talk much more football, basketball, baseball. We've got a lot of it coming up in the next hour on Indiana Sports Talk. <laughs> 